0: hijacked hijack, uh, why don't you step on out and uh, do we have the baby here today? We have uh, our, our our friends from the House of Comedy hey, coming in right now. Hey, Brett, how are you? Um, and there's no baby here today. Last week we had a baby. <laughs> We're actually live now, Brett. So go ahead and sit down, man. Have a seat. Mm, sure. Uh, you want to sit here. Or here? No, uh, sit there. All right. Sit there. Uh, just walking into the studio here at uh, on this American Podcast Comedy Edition at ComedySchoolsRadio.com, Brett. Ernst. Am I saying it correct? You got it. I got it right. Like fantastic. Brett,
1: Brett, Like Brett Favre and Ernst, like Ernst and Young.
0: Oh, okay. Ah, that, you nice. Go. I like that. I like I that. Like that. <laughs> that helps people out a lot. Uh, Brett is at uh, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy uh, all weekend. Two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, one show Sunday. Yes, sir. You're doing it? Okay, fantastic. And uh, I'm so glad that you're here. Uh, my wife and I, uh, uh, the producer of the show happens to be my wife, Shirley, who's sitting next to you. We were discussing uh, not too long ago the first time that we – we think we saw you um, at the W Hotel.
1: Yeah, for the uh, charity event. It was the me, work. Sebastian Maniscalco, and Ian Bag.
0: Yeah, and how many years ago was that? There was about about six years ago. six years ago uh, in um, yeah, that's about right. Uh, yeah, about. No, six or I, seven. I can tell you the exact date. I'm going to tell you the exact date right now. Good for what you. What is what is uh, 29th. what is it? May 29th. May 29th. You know why? Because our, our first our granddaughter was born that night. Oh, that's awesome. So we're sitting there in the showroom. We, we knew the woman. That, uh, I was with a company where we were helping promote that show. And I knew, I knew uh, the woman who was putting the show together. And we get a text saying, hey, the baby's being born. Well, so uh, that was the first time we saw you. So you know exactly
1: it was six years. Yeah. We know,
0: <laughs> we know exactly. I can tell you what time you hit the stage. Absolutely. <laughs> and, then I, uh, and then a few years ago, I sat at the comedy store. And uh, I've told people. Uh, time and again, I go. I go. Have you seen this guy? Have you heard of this guy? This guy is absolutely hilarious. So we're so glad that you're here, man. Well,
1: thank you so much, man. Yeah. I appreciate it.
0: You've been you've been in the market a few times.
1: Oh yeah, I was here uh, first time I ever did Arizona um, or Phoenix was during the Vince Vaughn tour.
0: Yeah, the Wild West the, tour at
1: the Celebrity Theater. I think we were at right. That's the one with the rotating stage. It is, yeah. And then uh, and then did Tempe a few times. Uh huh. The W, stand-up Scottsdale, and now I'm at the House of Comedy.
0: And uh, for those of you who don't know the House of Comedy, which is at 5350 East High Street, uh, some people, it's, it seems like it's in Scottsdale, but it's right over the border. And it's in Phoenix. It's all, it's all Phoenix to me. It's all Phoenix to <laughs> it, 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 it's just It's just an endless stream of, of desert and palm
1: trees and, and, and beige of, houses. A lot of nice houses and nice people. Where are you from originally? Jersey. You're from Jer- where? North Jer- Jersey. North Jersey. Uh, Passaic, Patterson, that area. And then I moved down to South Florida for high school. Oh, okay. So I, I grew up around a lot of filth. So, <laughs> this is, so this is really nice. I like this area.
0: I used to, uh, years ago when I was a comic, I used to work a club in Orange. Uh, uh, Rascals. Rascals.
1: Yeah, Tony Camacho. Right? Tony
0: Camacho. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Yeah, Tony's a, a great guy. He had a partner at the time who um, decided to go west, Rick Messina. Yeah. Yeah, Rick Messina was his partner. Uh, The first time I ever did TV was at Rascals. It was a local show. Jackie the Jokeman, Martland, was the host. And uh, I was so green and so scared and so excited that I didn't know where the light was. When the light uh, came on, I thought there was a light I was supposed to look at the camera. I did 20 minutes on a 30-minute show, and they almost killed me.
1: What year was that?
0: 1987, 1988. I know the
1: exact time. (laughs) (laughs) I was in the audience, (laughs) and I was getting thrown out because I was five. (laughs) I had just <laughs> turned five that night. <laughs> By the way, it, the name Tony Camacho is sounds like a name of a guy that would own a club in Jersey. <laughs> own a club in Jersey.
0: Actually, a sweet. I worked at a club in Jersey, and uh, after I uh, the second time I went there or something, they they were actually good guys, and and then some guys came back that looked like you or I, uh-huh. okay, but they they were in they were they were Italians, and they were part of an organization, and one of them buttonholes me and goes, how come? You don't work for us. And he, Camacho was mad at me about going over the light again. And then look, Camacho goes, this guy works for us from now on. How come, Tony, you didn't tell him? And then he's going, hey, I'm really sorry, guy. Goes, Next time you come here, you work for us. We like you. And I went, I'm not coming back here.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> so you, did you start out in Florida? Yeah, I started in Miami. Oh, that's the first time I, I got coconut's? on stage. Uh, no, coconuts. Uh, I, I was at the uh, Comedy Zone. Comedy Zone, Brad right. Greenberg
0: Zone, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. And
1: then, um, and I used to work, you know, the circuit down there, which at that time, this was 97. Yeah, okay. And at that time, um, it was pretty, uh, it was a pretty good scene. You had Uncle Funnies, you had Comedy Sports, you had the comic strip, you had, uh, Ron Bennington's. Comedy place. Corner.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it, it was a, it was a good scene I mean Mitch Hedberg was working out down there Tosh was down there at the time yeah um you know and, and it had a night nice, Jimmy Schubert's another one we were B- just Billy talking Gardell
0: about, yeah we were just talking about gee, John Kevin was just in here and we were John about, oh, that guy's uh, a beast man yeah, yeah where was he at where' he at where
1: was he performing
0: well he's performing here in town uh-huh. I don't want to I'll, I'll tell you to, I, I got a rule even though they all get along these clubs all get along uh, I don't talk about another club while well, I'm talking about you know this. Is a, well, let's just talk talking. about another
1: comic, but he, okay, he's he's yeah. amazing, dude. Yeah, yeah,
0: he is. A, he, he has is a,
1: one of my favorite jokes of all time—the halftime speech when the, there's like a team that lost in college, like yeah. it was like 88 to nothing or something is the yeah. score. Uh, yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> like uh, "I'm ruining his joke," but he was like, uh, "Yeah, I wonder what that halftime speech was like." Like, "All right, guys, we're only down 58 nothing," you know. <laughs> But, um, no, he's one of my favorite comics.
0: He's a great guy. Yeah, But Schubert is... Uh, and know. Schubert's a great guy. Mm-hmm. Schubert, I, I knew I knew all those guys uh, back at that time. So you started out there. You started out uh, uh, in the Florida scene. And I tell you what I, I love about uh, uh, your show or the times that I've seen you is that it's not like... It's, it's stand-up for sure, but it is so autobiographical. So much of your stuff is so autobiographical. And um, I, I think that... And I, I think maybe you do a service and make people laugh at the same time. Because if I may, I mean, some of the stuff you talk about, you know, talking about uh, you and your brother and a babysitter. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, that is is at, at one level is so heinous that, that someone had <laughs> to go through that, that children had to live through that. Yet you make it incredibly funny. And it becomes a, at the end of the story, it becomes, a, you know, where you're actually the winner, where you come out on top. Well, so, nice. um what made you decide to write from that point of view I mean so many guys start out and they go oh what's this guy doing I'll do what that guy's doing what's this guy doing I'll do what that guy's doing um, it
1: would, I'll be honest with you it was encouragement from a lot of other comedians because uh, they're like dude you you know your stories are great why don't you ever do those on stage and you know I mean I've been I'm 19 years in now yeah and I, well it'll be 19 in May so, and what when I started doing the storytelling it was almost a whole other career it was like six six years ago. And um, it just took work to talk about that stuff, you know. So,
0: around the time we
1: first saw you, is uh-huh. when you
0: decided to start doing right. it. Right. Actually, yeah,
1: after the W, I think I had just tapped into it. But, you know, it's it's one of the things as a comic, uh, to me, stand up's always a work in progress if you're doing it right, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, when we were at the comedy store, there, it was an ability, you know, you have the ability to go on late and jump through hoops, you know, yeah. and, 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 take chances on stage. A very good friend of mine, Sam Tripley, was the one that was like, dude, you got to get into these stories, you know. And I did, man. I mean, I had an unusual life. Not as, you know, I've seen people have much worse. um, But, you know, and, and, you know, one of the things I bring up in my act is how you think your life's normal. You think it's normal for people to go through things like this. But in reality, it's not. And you don't think you're, you're unique in that aspect. Like You yeah. think everybody knows people that went to jail. You think everybody, you know what I mean? But in reality, and you know, so I just started telling the stories. And, you know, that was one of them. I remember I was in Jersey when I first got into that. I told the story. Well, I don't want to ruin it, but. <laughs> it, if, involves if people come, it involves an axe. It involves an axe. <laughs> uh, but funny. I'm actually telling that story. That I, I tell that story on Ari Shafir's new show, um, well, it's the second season. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. So uh, I'm on season two of that. So I actually tell that story on that.
0: We were, uh, you, you know, it's true. I mean, I, I remember at one point in my life that I, I didn't. In in my family, if someone didn't drink, they were a weirdo. You go well, You can't be around that guy. Yeah. He
1: doesn't drink. Something's There's off. Some, something's off with that guy.
0: That when uh, I when I when I bailed my father out of jail instead of my father bailing me out of jail, that was like my bar mitzvah. Today I am a man. Yeah. You know. <laughs> But my mom called me, go, well, your uncle, I can't find him. And your dad took the one car. And, and anyway, I got to get a hair point. He's in jail. He got in a fight with a cop out of White Castle. Can you go get him in St. Louis? And I go, yeah, okay. No. Yeah. So I drove down to get him. And it wasn't a big deal. I got my dad out of jail.
1: Well, like, uh, I had a buddy of mine um, who came home with me one time. And then another friend of mine, we were at his house. And his brother ended up getting locked up. And, you know, they get the phone call. And everybody's just nonchalant about it yeah. you're gonna go down and get your bro like it was just like a normal yeah. occurrence and i remember him saying to me going this was my house people would be like freaking out right now yeah you know and and you're like you know what's the big deal we know where to go we know he's being processed and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not, it's not a big deal man yeah. yeah you know but anyways that that neither there uh, i'm saying but to me that's what i i always thought stand-up should be uh-huh. um is your truth not necessarily that's the other thing too people think that because somebody's dysfunctional that makes them a great comic like if they're all twisted up it's 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 not about that it's about expressing your own truth and even if it's you don't have to be dysfunctional to be funny Uh uh-huh you know what i mean just like not all music is made for you to dance to like Uh not all music's made for you to think like michael jackson is just as much of a genius as jim morrison you okay, follow me yeah uh-huh. um but the same thing with comedy you can get a clean comedy you can get a dude like um uh, Brian Regan yeah that's arguably one of the best comedians of all time but you know he's not a an abrasive dude as far as his act goes. You know what I mean? Like you know he's not he he's not a dirty comic. Well,
0: you well you might be doing jokes about being thrown out of a house. He's doing jokes about buying a house. Absolutely. But yeah. I'm saying, it, it, but it's yeah. his it's his reality. It's his reality. That's yeah. what makes yeah. him
1: brilliant. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And 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 I think that should be the common theme of because I always say you have two types of comics. You have the joke writer and you have the performer. And if you're going to do the scale, the ultimate. Writer would have to be Carlin because everything was about the the verbs, the the words, and the mm-hmm. verbiage. And you have to say the ultimate performer has got to be Pryor. Yeah. And then I think everybody falls in between those those scales. You know, you know, in, in between the two. And um, whether you're a, a writer like a Stephen Wright who was brilliant, or another performer, you know, uh, uh, or a combination of the two, like I think the best comic out today and is Bill Burr.
0: I I would agree with you. You know what I mean? Over Lewis C K. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean it's it's all subjective. I, I think they're
0: neck and neck all the time. But, but see,
1: I mean, as a as a blue collar kid, yeah, you know, I, I more relate to Burr. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I've been roofing in the summer. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So was, you know, like, he yeah. he he hits more home with me. Yeah. Um. The point is though, it's whatever your truth is, and and I think that that's what makes any artist good.
0: You know what I, I love about Phoenix right now because there, there are a number of uh, clubs and outlets for anywhere uh, from neophyte performers to uh, uh, seasoned veterans that Phoenix has almost become... Comedy is almost like music in this town where I can decide... Um, my wife and I are having a, a little argument right now because she will not... Free, for free, down the street from my house. For free. Fog hat and blue oyster cult. For free. And she doesn't want to go. So... That's crazy. I know it's nuts. Yeah,
1: just go because it's free. it's like it's like being at it's like being at Costco's and you're just sampling. Th- it's free. It's walking to the casino and, 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 and it's fog hat.
0: Yeah, it's yeah. fog hat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and blue oyster. And cold. blue oyster cold. Yeah, but I mean, but at the same time, a few weeks ago they had Dwight Yoakam there for free, yeah. for free,
1: and we went to that. I don't, you know, they they're trying to draw people to the casino. It's fantastic uh i was i will say comedy though is the best it's ever been yeah like right now in town there's kyle canane is out tonight you know this weekend you know there's a lot of good comedians here
0: that's what i was getting to that it's as wide a variety now it's like i want to go out and listen to jazz i want to go out and listen to country i want to see a name band i want to see an up-and-coming act and for phoenix in phoenix right now for the uh the comedy patron it is that lively although um and even though we produce a show in town, if someone was going to ask me uh, which show they should go out and see, I'd, I'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah you got to go see this Brett guy because he's what he does is just so different than anything else. Are you
1: just saying that because I'm here?
0: No, really, I, <laughs> I, I don't have to. I, well, don't I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, and I and but then Caponeira was in the room earlier. to go, oh, you got to see John. He's fantastic. <laughs> but the cool thing is, is the clubs are close by. We're actually talking about uh, trying to put together some sort of comedy caravan thing. Where you hit hit a show each night? You hit a show each night, or you're able to hit two shows in a night. You know, and and we think, because I used to do that in LA when I lived in LA in the uh, early 90s. I'd go on the uh, jazz caravan where the jazz station would set up this thing and we'd all get on a bus. That kind of works against jazz, being on a bus, but. You know, and go to all the jazz
1: clubs you in L.A. You know, it's so sad not to switch genres, but the music scene, too, is in L.A. is just not what it used to be. I mean, because you were there, it was amazing. Yeah, I was but there if, yeah, from if, the 70s, up, yeah. If you went up Sunset on La Cienega, right, to Sunset, it's perpendicular, so La Cienega yeah. will, will hit, hit Sunset. To the left of La Cienega was all the live music, and to the right was all the live comedy. Yeah. You know, with the exception of the improv, which was on Melrose. Um, but it just seems like the, rock, the the live music venues have kind of diminished, but I'm, I'm hoping that I, I, there might be a few starting to pop up again. Yeah. But, you know, and, and especially in the 80, 70s and 80s, I mean, the whiskey and... and
0: when I first moved there, yeah, I was like, um, you know, uh, we used to go up on the Sunset Strip, and, you know, and it, there were so many great musicians. I would actually be friends with the musicians and not realize they were famous musicians because they were just like everywhere. And then, like, I, I, I tell the story that, I had a British uh, friend of mine who was a guitarist. And we used to talk music all the time. And I knew he was a guitarist in a band that wasn't going anywhere at the time.
1: please don't tell me it was Jimmy Page.
0: No, no, no. But close. <laughs> close. Because I'm sitting there having lunch with him one time. And someone's going, can we have your autograph? And I go, dude, what band were you in? he goes, oh, I do not want to tell you. Because from our conversations, I thought you probably wouldn't like my band. And I didn't want to be embarrassed. And I go, what band were you in? This is like in 86, 87. Foghat. No. <laughs> no, no close. It was the it was Sex Pistols. Oh, so, really? Yes, yeah, so it was Stevie from the Sex Pistols. At the time, he was playing with uh, uh, Tony and Hunt Sales, who had been uh, the rhythm section for Bowie's Tin Machine and stuff. Yeah. And with uh, uh, Michael DeBarde, a band called Checkered Past based on the fact that they all had very checkered paths, And I, it was an okay band. I saw him like at the Mint or something. I go, that's a good band, but it wasn't. And I didn't realize that he was
1: the guitar. but those guys were just everywhere all the time, you know? Uh, no, I mean, you know, you hear stories, but I, I, I know since I, I've been in LA since 99, it's changed. Yeah. The strip's dead now, really. I mean, you know, it's, it's not the same. But comedy, like the comedy store, is booming right now. It's
0: booming. It, it, hit, yeah. it had gone through its difficult period at one time.
1: Well, you know, I'm proud to say I was, I was part of that rebuilding group. You that, were, yeah. yeah. You know, there was a bunch of us that I've been there again almost 16 years.
0: Do we reveal to people that, you know, with people I would always want to see famous people, okay? And uh, uh, we can actually cut this up. Tell me, to cut this up. If you want to see today's legends of comedy, if you want to see you, if you want to see Bobby Lee, if you want to see Chris Rock, if you want to see uh, Bill Burr, you see all these guys, you go to the alley behind the yeah, comedy store. Yeah, you hang out store. behind the comedy store. Because you guys are all, you can walk back there. I've actually walked back there before. Yeah, no, we but, hold
1: court back there. Like, uh, I, you know, it's it's, it's... it's an alley. It's the best discussions you'll ever hear. Yeah. Uh, um, some of the funniest, you know, some of the smartest people in the world, in my opinion, like, our, like Joe Rogan. Yeah. Joe, Joe's a brilliant man. And so so so's Bill. Yeah, and you know, and you have these conversations because usually, you know, the two things comics love to talk about are politics and religion. Yeah, (laughs) you know, two things everybody doesn't want to talk about, or you know, whatever. Sports is another one we get into it, but uh, you know, it's it it is it's it's such a cool environment to be a fly on the wall and listen to.
0: I would think about this though. Think about uh, you love music. OK, and imagine if you walk back in an alley and all the current best musicians, you were know, in the alley. it's
1: funny you said that, that we were talking about that the other day, that that's what the store is. It's, yeah. it's like if you could just go there. I, I, I was Jim Carrey was there one night just hanging out. A cool story is that we were all back there. It was like two thirty in the morning. There was like 15 of us just hanging out. And then, you know, people start leaving and then around 3 30 we're all still back there talking you know somebody popped the trunk we're drinking and who turns the corner but uh robin williams just out of yeah. nowhere right and you know i'm like you know what are you doing here man what are you slumming yeah. and he goes oh i missed this place you know and i'm uh, i was walking by and yeah and he just kicked it with us talked to us for about a half hour was telling us some crazy stories And, uh, and that's what happened with Jim Carrey was the same way. We, we, I was a judge. They have this roast battle thing up in the, in the belly room Uh and it's, it's getting a lot of heat. It's, it's a good show. And then they'll have like celebrity guests come in and judge it. And it was me, Jeff Ross. And, and then Jim Carrey came in. Right. And then Theo Vaughn was with it, but Jim just sat in. I mean, when he, he hung out the whole night and then afterwards he was holding court, just telling us, you know, all these stories. Yeah, about you know the Kinnison and and just the history there, but I the the point is I don't want to keep rambling here. What you said is the truth. There's nowhere else where you could just go and see the legends of that type of. Uh, There's no spot genre like that. anywhere yeah. anywhere just else hanging like, no. out. Yeah, see, just when, hanging out.
0: When I was coming up, the Melrose Improv was the hot spot mainly because the evening at the Improv, mm-hmm. you know, and the and the whole um, when I kind of started it was a couple years after the whole strike crazy thing. But uh, that energy seems to have gone back up on Sunset to the, con- not only the store, but the Laugh Factory as well. And the,
1: and the improv. I mean, look, and, all, yeah. all three are the same. It's not like when you were coming up out there because. They made us choose. They made you choose. They did make us choose. Nobody gives a crap right yeah, now. Yeah, good. Know? Nobody good. really cares. That's great.
0: That's fantastic. And, you know, it's, it's a lot like that in this town now. And I think, I think and at one time in this town, there was some of that, uh-huh. you know, and there's still a little of that, but there's a lot less of that now. You know, I mean, like the club John's at and the club you're at, those guys all get along. And, and a lot of times you'll see uh, someone who's uh, there. someone's at the Laugh Factory will then be at the House of Comedy and vice versa, goes back and forth. You know, and they're friendly, and some of the smaller clubs are friendly. So I think that's, that's good. You know, it's, I think for the businessman, it's figuring out how to make your business, how to make the comedy store the best without trying to destroy the Melrose Improv. Well, the,
1: the funny thing is, is that if you go, like like, I'll be on it, say if I have like a 10:15 spot at yeah. the store I could be on like 10:45 at the factory and yeah. then be on the the late show uh at the improv and yeah. you know I'll when I'm in town um I'll which nowadays is pretty rare thank god um I'll I can hit all three clubs and nobody really cares and you you'll, see, you'll end up seeing the same faces but and not you know they they're all they all bring something to the table as a club yeah if we were doing the high school analogy, okay. uh, the comedy store are, are like the guys that went to jail, the guys that like graduated and are still hanging out at the high school parties. Um, the improv was like the student council kids. And then the Laugh Factory were those kids that could go to any party but weren't really defined, you know? Uh,
0: but, That's perfect. That yeah. describes it.
1: But the store, you know, the store is really, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's... It's 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 get you know it had a re- it has a reputation of being very dark. It's haunted. Yeah. You know it was a mob joint back was, in the day. Uh, People were zero. murdered there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it does it gives off that 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 original room. You know uh, I I do stupid analogies but Peter Luger's in, in Brooklyn the steakhouse. The reason why their steaks is so unique in flavor at least is what I was told is because they haven't washed the pan in over 50 years. And the flavor goes into the pan, and you know the high heat kills all the bacteria, so it's yeah. it's not gross. Uh, that's what the OR is. It's that pan, but yeah. of dysfunction, yeah. you know, and comedy. Because Pryor was on that stage. Everybody, everybody, Letterman, uh, everybody, everybody was on that stage. I mean, and worked out there regularly. Like they that their energy has been in that room, and it gets passed down. It's it's just such a unique place, and and I'm it's I'm very proud to be a part of their history.
0: Yeah. You know, it, 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 the first show I ever saw there, I was actually, I moved to LA in the 70s and I went for a walk and found myself in front of the comedy store. And I went, I got it. was when uh, there was a TV show called Make
1: Me Laugh. Yeah. It was uh, uh, Bruce Baum. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Diaper, The yeah, Diaper Man. Yeah. I know. And Bruce is, Maybe, is, is, di- whatever, is a great friend. Diaper. Yeah. Yeah. And he did the typewriter on his head. No, yeah. no, that was, uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead.
0: But, uh, and, and I said, well, I got to go in there. And I want. And, and the first show I saw was, uh, Jay Leno and Tom Dreesen and Johnny Dark and, uh, Jimmy Walker and, and uh, Jeff Altman, who just... Uh, people, were, people were having convulsions, Altman was so and,
1: and by the way, three of those, you name, still perform. They'll still come in.
0: Still come in on a, on a regular basis. And Argus, Dice is in there a yeah, lot? Yeah, Dice is there. Uh, uh, Argus Hamilton's one of my Argus best friends. Argus is always there? Yeah, I mean, I know Argus from... Uh, I was in a different line of work at one point, and Argus used to stop by. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. And Gee, I'd have to do the math on that. <laughs> a long time, over 30 years ago. I was uh I had a
1: different I had a different job in Hollywood and when when that when that business well was, that job's over now that yeah. th- th- those there's there used to be an uh you know but that those days are over now yeah thank God no I'm saying like we're sitting in the back I remember we were all in the in the main room you know you had the the backstage yeah. and we're all talking and you could st- you could still see like they had the glass piano back there yes you could you could see the razor blade marks. <laughs> From the '80s, '70s, uh, and '80s, uh, and you know we we were sitting back there talking about gluten-free diets and drinking water. Yeah, and, and I'm like, y- you know, Kinnison's rolling over in his grave right now because they used to. Par- I mean, that place was partying every night. Yeah, but I, I do think that error also stagnated growth as well. It did. You know, it because did. it was more about the access as a, a excess. I'm sorry, a, as opposed to now. You know, like I said, some of the best comics, and I've heard this. Mitzi said this, and she's been around it. And um, Jamie Masada said the same thing. And as long as they've been in the business, the amount of great comedy and comedians, and some that are unknown, Yes, yeah. it's, it's it's really at its it's it's really a, a, an amazing amount of great comedians that are out there now. And the, and there is a lot to fill five clubs in one city. Yeah. Um. You know. I th- again stand up is I, I'm I'm I I think is the best it's it's ever been. And porn. Those two those two things are the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> Porn's at a whole other level now. But yeah. <laughs> No? 3D, Anyone 3D right now?
0: Uh, I don't know how how my wife feels about it so I won't bring it up. Um are you doing are you, are you, are you, any other aspirations? I mean, are you
1: doing uh, are you, Honestly, buddy, I you know, I've I'm in my f- I've had I was on a had a pilot again for NBC last year. All my pilots don't get picked up. Yeah. Um, but you know, hopefully, get, I'm shooting my special February sixth. Um. Now, where right, are you shooting at? At the Colony Theater in, in Burbank. Okay. Yeah. And then um, my uh, and I love my podcast. I'll be honest with you. To me, the the embrace the internet. The internet's the greatest thing sure. that could ever happen to an artist. Because the gatekeepers, aren't they, they can't force-feed you people anymore because now you're seeing who's out there. Like, Bill Burr was online, and they'd be like, oh, take a look at this, at this comic. Well, no, now you get to see the bar. Yeah. You know, because the, they hid the bar. They did. Like, your era was, it was great because it was a boom, but on the flip side, it was awful because if you pissed the wrong person off, that's a wrap. You, you ain't going anywhere indeed i know yeah <laughs> no i'm saying you yeah. know you guys were yeah. at the mercy yeah. of there
0: was a, a chain where you talk about uh, down south uh, uh, and uh, i know the guy who owns it now but the guy who owned it before i got banned from that chain for suspended for six months What chain it was for uh creative for comedy zones oh really in, in 88 uh, brad greenberg calls me up and goes uh, well and i was and all i was doing was the road and I, matter of fact, I didn't have a house. Mm-hmm. I was living out of my car and just doing the road. And they were part of what I and he was paying so,
1: so much. He was really paying well. Well, you guys got that's the other thing. Yeah, we made money. You guys made money back then. Right. Dom, Dom was telling me he's like he goes, we were making five Gs a weekend back in like eighty two and eighty three, whatever it was. You can
0: make nineteen hundred without ever having television. Uh, that's you know? it was crazy, yeah. man. So and I mean, I bought a house. I bought a house in L.A. as, as a road comic. You know, I bought a house in the valley as a road comic. But uh, Brad called me and he just suspended me for he goes, well, you're suspended for six months because uh, you cussed too much. And I go, I go to guy before me cussed. He goes, yeah, but he did it in a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and then it just blew a hole. And 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 that, you know, and I couldn't. There were and the punchline it uh, was not a chain anymore because I'd worked for them they were a chain. So then that you had to kowtow to that mm-hmm. if you wanted to work the road. So you don't have to do that anymore. You're absolutely right. And I think it's better for creativity. Although I still Brad and I became uh, still remained friends and and. Um, I don't know where he is now but you, for many years You know he- what
1: else is cool that I love about stand up and we we're talking about it's the best it's ever been. It's not just the younger comics or uh, it's also the comics from that era are still around. Yeah. Um that's the one thing you got to love about it. The the older you are the more relevant you are. Yeah. You know yeah. because again it's not a pop it's not you can't you can't fake it. It's it's not like, you know, I mean, you could fake getting people in, but once somebody sees you, if if you're, you know, if, you, if, you, if there's if a person not, behind the curtain, yeah, uh, they won't come back and see you yeah. again. It's not going to happen.
0: Can I ask you about, and, and if you don't want to talk about it, say I don't want to talk about it. We talked about it with John. We talked about it yesterday. Um, I had watched a Amy Schumer special a few months back when it came out and I, I looked at it and and uh, I'm not I'm not a, I'm not one of those guys going oh, I don't like this comic or I don't like that comic I don't, I don't I'm always looking for something I go here's what they could build on, but uh, I watch and I go pretty good but it seems like I've heard these topics talked about in this way before and that's what I told I told uh, my wife because uh, she came down while I was watching it now there's this controversy uh, coming
1: forward do you have any thoughts on this I got to be honest with you. Um, Tammy, well, first of all, Tammy Pescatelli is is like a sister to me. She was at okay. my wedding. Um, she actually went on and said she went in too hard on Amy. Okay, um, and she was sorry about that. All three of those, Kathleen Madigan and Wendy, they're all reputable comedians. Um, Amy is also cool with me. I I gotta be honest with you, and I'm not just playing political here. I've never seen it. I don't know. I've never watched her stuff. And for I know a lot of people want to jump in on the bandwagon. Uh I, I'm not gonna do that because I've never seen her stand up. Yeah. I, I mean I'd see her at festivals and stuff, but I'm not and this is also crazy. I'm not a fan of stand up. I don't watch I don't watch like people be like, Oh, did you see so and so's new special? I'm, no, not really. I, I and and it's not I, I just I I can't watch it. I, I know yeah. it sounds weird, man.
0: I, that, that might have no. It, it doesn't sound weird at all. I mean, I understand it. I, I went through periods where I go, I'm not going to watch it. And I, I said, Why are you going to watch it? I go, Well, I'm a stand up, and it's like if I was a, if I work in a factory, I'm not going go to the factory on my day off.
1: Well, the thing is, I'm at the store. I'm friends with most of these people. I see them work. You know, I, I haven't seen Amy work, but she's in New York, and mm-hmm. you know, which I you know, she was out in L. A. And and I, I saw when I saw her do it. You know, it didn't sound familiar or anything. But yeah, then again, I don't know Wendy Liebman's jokes, and and. You know, I don't know. I don't know any of that material. Um, but again, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I, if I if I did, I would give you my honest opinion because I wouldn't. I don't care. But I really, it would be unfair to 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 Amy to even jump on that bandwagon because I don't know. I don't know the material.
0: You know, she's someone who I, I think um, <clears throat> the industry beyond stand-up looked at and said, "Here's someone who." can do films and do television.
1: Well, I mean, look, there's a lot of people that could do the same thing. I, I mean, you know, the, the the fact of the matter is is that she made a great movie and people like her. She's a the, probably the big one of the bigger stars in comedy, I think, next to Kevin Hart. Yeah. You know, I can't really think of anybody that big. I mean, as far as comics go, I mean, there's, to me, there's no comparison to Bill Burr. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but again, it's all subjective. I guess you have a target on your back like that, but then there's you know, who knows, man. I'm I'm just happy for it. The the one thing comics can't grasp, the one I don't know why, they don't understand the fact that there is no limited seats at the comedy table. The the table's infinite and y- anybody can have a chair if you if if you like Amy's career has nothing to do with anybody else's career. Does that make any sense? And, it makes and, absolute it, sense. It, it's crazy to me. It's like, and you want that. You, yeah. You, the more great comedy there is, and and this isn't me trying to be like Gandhi or something. It's just it's just like the 70s. If you look at the 70s for music, how are you going to compare all those rock bands that were touring? Everybody was making a lot of money. None of them sounded the same. You know what I mean? And it was a great era for music, my special is not taking away from anybody else's special. What I get has nothing to do with anybody else. And I don't know why a lot of comics can't grasp that.
0: Well, I, I, I'll tell you what I, the reason I think. But, you know, it's funny because uh, my uh, mentor and probably my best friend, Rich Scheidner, when I started out. was. I was love there. his
1: Facebook post, by the way. Yeah. oh uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a great writer, he, too, he, man. He's
0: a fantastic writer. Um, and he told me he, and, and uh, he goes, look, there's room. You know, somebody said to him, because he always was kind of mentoring, you know, newer comics. So he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, there's room. There's room. And, and he tell me, he, go, he goes, the guy in front of you is not getting your laughs. He's getting his laughs. Yeah. Now you go up and get your laughs. You know, and he goes, there's, there's space for it. And I think probably, I, I, I'm not for sure, but this is one, one theory, that the people who freak out are the ones who are then limited themselves. So they've developed this. They've developed XYZ, and they can't develop beyond XYZ. And they're worried about that being surpassed.
1: You know, I had some horrible experiences when I was coming up, like people that wouldn't take me on the road with them. Uh-huh. And it's kind of coinciding with what Rich was saying. Like, mm-hmm. you know, why are you helping younger people? You know, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, it, it does. It has nothing to do with that. And especially if you're if you're good, okay? Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying I'm good, but I, I know I'm better than I'll average. I'll say you're good. All right? Okay, all right. And when I was coming up, there was some dudes that were headlining that, could not would not in no way be headlining today, but they were still resting on their laurels and literally don't say this. Don't say that. Don't curse. Don't ask question, Right. And, and it's all these limitations. And that always stuck with me. And even if you and after a while, they ask you if, if you're making them work. They were like, don't I don't want this person opening anymore. Yeah. And I was stuck in this purgatory. You know, I used to call myself Brett Midler cuz all I did was middle. <laughs> so now fast forward, you know, now that you know I've been headlining probably close to 8 years now. Um my thing is and again, it's not a pat on the back, it's the experience. People go to a show and they walk away with an experience, okay? That's all they that's all they remember. Did they see a good show or not? Now, my two rules are one, I I want people in front of me that should should be headlining You know, you know, and I'm at the store. I'm a store trained guy. I've been doing it long enough. I could pretty much follow anything. At least I think I can, you know, Um, you're willing to. Yeah, I'm willing to. Um, And I want the person in front of me. I want them to go after the show. You you are the best one. It, It you know, yeah. how people say that sometimes, because yeah. that means that no matter what, they're still—if they go to see my show, they're going to leave with an ex- a good experience, mm-hmm. and that's what they'll remember. That's what they'll associate with me. And also, I'm a headliner. If I can't, I, it- I got to work around the person in front of me. Unless it cuts in with my merch, then that's a whole <laughs> other thing. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like if I have a T-shirt made of a joke, that you know what I mean. I mean, you know, there's certain you don't want to step on material. Yeah. But overall, it, as a headliner, it's my job to work around, not tell that kid not to do something. You yeah, know? I just, I just, I, I, I never. The, these are things that I've never wrapped my mind around, which made me. It made it hard for me to navigate through Hollywood. You know, because again, I'm a blue collar kid. Uh huh. And. You know, uh, and there's nothing more difficult than being a blue collar artist because you don't really fit in. Like most of my friends, the ilk and guys that that I roll with aren't really the type of dudes that are in the entertainment business. But on the flip side, the creativity of those people is what I I'm attracted to, you know, as far as just lifestyle and the way we live, where some of my blue collar friends aren't that way, uh-huh. you know, um, so it's very difficult if 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 you're from the wrong side of the tracks and then now you're trying to hang out. Don't you think almost every comic feels like he doesn't fit in though? Um, yes and no. I mean, you know, there are people that can groove right into that L.A. thing. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and they know. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, I've never met, I've never been out with dudes until I moved to Hollywood that get offended. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean. Chicks get offended. No disrespect, but I'm just saying. Uh Men don't get if you get angry at something. But how are you going to tell me? uh, You know what? You offended me. Uh And I've also met guys that have never been punched in the face. I don't know how that's possible. You know what I mean? And again, there's no. And as a dude, I can't. I know this sounds crazy. I can't trust another dude that's never been punched in the the face.
0: Well, you know, every time I look in a mirror, I remember the High Ridge Homecoming when I was 15 because that's how my nose got broke. When Emory Sproul turned around, I was yelling at my younger brother, and he goes, "Bust off!" And I go, "Hey, the seniors yelling at me. This is cool. A senior's talking to me." I go, "What?" He goes, "Bust off!" And bam, hit me right in the face. And then there was a, like a big fight. Guys who hated me, who lived down the street from me. I go, "Hey, he lives down the street from us," and it was a big like a, a gang fight.
1: Well, well see now that's again. That's a fond memory. That's a great memory. Yeah, but I'll but say, but if you ever like get into it with another dude, and then he storms off, you're like, "What the hell's wrong with this person?" <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. why can't you, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it was different. Now I'm used to it, you yeah. know, but then it's, it's, it's.
0: See, I have an, I have experienced it. Even though I lived in LA for 30 years, uh, the last few years, the uh, first of the 15 years I was touring, I was never in LA because I was touring. And then, uh, and then I, I said, you know, I want to live here, but fuck it. So I moved out to Chatsworth up in the hills. So I wasn't in Hollywood a lot for when all this... But I mean, even when it, you're hanging uh, out,
1: but see, it was also a different era where the religious right was pretty much your oppressors. Yeah. But the, the liberal left has become the new religious right. I would agree. You know, it's out of control. Yeah. And now it's all about sensitivity. And again, I'm not a comic. I'm not going to say something just to be mean, uh-huh. you know? but you're dealing with a different type of dude now in this town. Uh-huh. I, I can't explain not all of them now. I mean, some of these guys, like, you know, my crew of guys, you you could talk sports, argue, uh, and you know, a but then there's those guys that are just like Wow, let, let you're me, very let me, aggressive.
0: Let, let me ask you this then. And uh, once again, if, if, you, if you don't want to talk about it, you can say I don't want to talk about it, but uh, you're friends with Ari Shafir. Yes. Okay, and Ari Shafir is a, is a funny guy. Very funny. Uh, there was a little dust up uh, about a year back.
1: There's been a lot of dust up with him.
0: With Ari, okay. <laughs> but uh, uh, between uh, uh, some comments that he made and a female comic named Damien... Yeah, yeah, the yeah. girl who, yeah. uh, you
1: know, I know her too. Yeah,
0: okay, so... Um, so I'm looking at all this, and, and uh, I looked at what Ari said, and I go, I go, you know what? Everybody used to say stuff like that on stage. Only there wasn't a camera in the room all the time. You'd be in a club and in. Well, the thing is,
1: this is that it, it's another comic. What what is does yeah. uh, her gender have to do with anything? Yeah. I mean, again, I wouldn't do that me uh-huh. personally. And uh-huh. I know I've been on Ari's podcast, and you know, yeah. he's just that guy. He was making fun of my dead brother.
0: You yeah, know, he's just
1: that guy. Okay, uh, which is why I'm friends with him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's uh-huh. he's 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 not a uh, you know he's he's a type of dude. Uh-huh. Which you know I told him I said hey take it down a notch. You know what yeah. I mean? You know. Yeah. And you know he laughed about it, but he likes to push push the envelope. Um, if you well, ever see his YouTube videos, uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, he's one of the most honest guys you'll ever meet. Too honest. Yeah. Not for me, but he, you know um and he mentioned bobby lee by name he i think he mentioned big j okerson by name what do you say about bobby i forget yeah I, again i didn't yeah. watch it yeah <laughs> i don't need to
0: well i'm upset with my staff they didn't do pre-production let me know you had a dead
1: brother or it would have been a whole different show yeah no yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I i'm not uh you know,
0: you know that's funny because i have a, a brother that's dead to me <laughs> so, but he's actually I have a, my youngest brother is uh He's friends with my wife on Facebook, and she go. You know what he's doing? I go. You meet the guy who owes us uh, when I paid his fifteen hundred dollar electric bill when he was high and couldn't pay it? I gotta to want to know about him. So uh, everybody's got interesting skeletons in their closet. But, well, so, but no, I'm
1: getting back okay, to I'm Ari now. yeah. What Ari did was he named a comic, but because it was a woman, now well, now it's a f- it's it's. You know, it's like look if you if you want to be and what? again i like her i would never do this yeah
0: add the extra component about her as well not just a woman
1: yeah but- I, I know but that was it's still who she is yeah you know I, I don't know man i like i said i would never do it but no if it was a guy nobody would have cared but it, if you like that
0: well it, it, it if was it was a
1: dude that i you know it, nobody would have cared yeah no there wouldn't have been a video and all this other stuff and you know nobody nobody would have cared that's, I mean, that's my opinion, but, you know. You made
0: Donald Trump fall down.
1: Good. <laughs> it's a
0: caricature. I, the brother I do Tucker, is not dead to me as an artist and drew a uh, caricature of Donald Trump for us. I, I so, know, I know, I know. How can anybody be upset with anything in politics, uh, in comedy
1: right now with what's going on in politics? Oh, it's, it's a joke. You know what bothers me, though, is the fact that nobody's going after Hillary. I mean, that girl, she's a clown, too. Yeah? I, I, it's just disgusting. The whole, the whole spectrum is gross. I can't wait I can't wait I think I think what we're gonna get out of this election is a third party you that's think what so I, yeah yeah I think is there anyone that up. you like that's on the uh... um you know I did like Jim Webb that was a Democrat but he's my type of Democrat you know union guy cares about the working man yeah the new Democrat to me is the new progressive is like the smug college professor yeah Hillary is just trying to cater to whatever uh, I do like Bernie I wouldn't want him running my business. Yeah, but I do like him, and I, I think he's he's a solid dude. Um, I like John Kasich, the Republican candidate out of Ohio. I think he's a dark horse to come forward
0: out of whatever's going on the Republican Party. I mean, out and out, the Republican Party is going. We hate Donald Trump. We don't want you, Donald well, Trump. Dude, it,
1: it, look, let's be honest. The media is is trying. Is I don't know what's going on with this guy. Um, I personally would, uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll I'll vote for these nuts. <laughs> before any anybody any anybody that's out there right now um, uh-huh. but uh i i don't i, I think that you know again l- who are we kidding we know the media is liberal and they're going to support and put up their candidates that's what they do well hold on do you think fox news is liberal it, they... it, listen if you didn't have fox who else would you have everything else is liberal MSNBC is an abomination of a news station and, and that's what As an independent What boggles my mind Is how you have all these liberals That are like Get rid of Fox You don't hear one conservative Going after MSNBC Never one I don't understand well, why, why the fact I, they're, they're both propaganda machines I, I hear MSNBC going after quite
0: a bit And of course MSNBC is And I'd be the first one to admit That it's liberal
1: it's, okay. it, it, In the Harvard Media Studies It is the most biased network Even over Fox yeah. News
0: but it was... what, what I, I prefer to watch CNN yeah. now. You know, but if I, yeah, I, I like CNN. If I have to find out something that's going on, I'm going to go right to CNN. But I, I'll watch all three of them. I'll watch Bloomberg. I'll
1: watch Russia. But, but watch you know what? Now think about this, though. Think about this. Okay. Like, like even Obama, who I voted for, okay? Here's a guy that is refused to talk to Fox News during his election in 08 and 012. I think he did in 12, but in 08 he, he refused to. And people were okay with that, so uh, that's my problem with with the Democrats and the liberals. Why are you? Why are, first of all? Why do you even have an affiliation to a party? It's dumb. Mm-hmm. And why aren't you holding anybody that runs for office? They work for us.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: I, if it wasn't for Fox, we wouldn't have known about Benghazi. And people want to downplay it, but it is nothing to be downplayed. And if you even as a comic, I remember that night when the story came out about the director Mm -hmm. that this was a protest over a movie. I literally did a joke that night about that. Mm -hmm. Then coming to find out they knew it was a terrorist. It was some wagged a dog type stuff, but everybody's okay with that. Then you got Lois Lerner, who's on trial because the president or somebody in the administration was using the IRS to go after their enemies and. Nobody was talking about it. You had you're talking about Chris Christie. There was a great uh, uh, news segment about that on MSNBC, ironically, where they're like, "Why are we opening with another Bridgegate story when you're having one of the biggest trials in in history with the IRS?" You didn't hear a peep at a, and if it wasn't for you, wouldn't have known about it. You had Fast and Furious. You had uh, the 670 million dollar website to for for that uh, Affordable Care, Healthcare Act. My point is this. To sit there and not expose, if you didn't have Fox, who was keeping this administration in check? And that's all I care. However,
0: about. if there was no Fox, here, you know, look at an alternative, you know, if there was no Fox, then perhaps other media sources
1: would be more open to it. Although I heard about all these things on all media sources. Absolutely not, okay. because Fox was a phoenix. It came out of the liberal agenda. The reason why it came out so strong is there was no opposing voice. You have to understand that. Now again, I'm not I don't watch it. I understand I understand that. I, I'm for CNN. I, I like yeah. I said I try and go to yeah. a moderate. Yeah. But but if you're going to if you get rid of Fox and you get rid of MSNBC, the MSNBC's worse. I mean, how many Fox executives were fired? They literally edited the phone conversation for the Trayvon Martin thing. You know that. The yeah. guy got fired. They literally edited it to fit that narrative.
0: Sure. He got fired and he should have.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Fox didn't do that.
0: Fox was born out of uh, uh, the Republican Party's anger with Richard, with what happened to Richard Nixon, thinking they would never get a fair shake with the Washington Post or the New York Times. Which, or and NBC to be honest with you, I,
1: I again as an objective observer, yeah. I, I don't see it. I, I don't see, I don't see why every new show, every comedy show, is opening with a Donald Trump bit. Hillary Clinton had one of the worst sound bites in Democratic debate that went viral which was uh when she was talked about being when bernie accused her rightfully so of being one of the biggest recipients of wall street money and her response was you can look it up it's hilarious and it's it's the irony was that family guy did a parody of it but they used they were making fun of the republican candidates all you do is say 9-11 all you do is say 9-11 uh-huh. and people cheer so when when confronted with it she said well she goes. I want to refute this. And I'm paraphrasing it, but you can look it up online. It's hilarious. She goes. First of all, I want to let you know that most of my contributors are women. For the first time ever, and then people start clapping. So now we're gonna to deflect. We bring in the vagina. <laughs> then she goes. And where was attacked? 9/11. Wall Street. Okay. Wall Street was attacked. I'm by by doing this. I'm helping fight terrorism by taking corporate. It was just the worst and most hilarious answer that had nothing to do with the fact that she was the third recipient of Wall Street funds even before Uh 9-11. So to put her out there, and by the way, this could be committing suicide in my business, because that's how open-minded progressives are, that even if you're trying to speak about truth and it doesn't fit the narrative, if people heard me say that, and I don't care if they do, because I'm not for a party. Yeah. I could literally get banned. Certain people would not want to work with me.
0: Well, you know, I, I tell you what's interesting, and that's a fact. Yeah, yeah, no, and you're you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right, and that's sad, and that's terrible. I mean, I am. Uh, uh, in in when I lived in California, all my liberal friends said I was conservative, and everybody out here thinks that I'm some sort of socialist. I'm, sa- communist. I'm the same way. Dude. Yeah, and, there, and so it, it, people go, "How can you be friends with conservatives?" I go, "I live in Arizona. If I was friends with conservatives, I have no friends." Now I'm I'm nowhere near a conservative, you know, and I'm a big uh, Hillary supporter, but I love. Well, you're saying I'll tell you why I support Hillary, because we need someone who know. here's what we need in a president. And this is a kind maybe a controversial statement. We need someone who will pardon the Thanksgiving turkey in front of a bunch of kids, walk in the next room, look at a map and go kill him and kill him. Mm-hmm. Send drones and kill that guy and be able to sleep at night. That's what you think. Pardon-
1: she's that cold blooded.
0: <laughs> I think she's that cold blooded. I think that I think that uh, both George probably one of the best presidents we've had. George Senior. It was George Senior. He, you know why? You know why? Because he knew how to do the job.
1: Well, he also had ethos and he had experience. I mean, you know, a lot of this stuff that's going on. I mean, that's a great case for Hillary. Me personally, I'm a Bernie guy. Yeah. Um. Uh, you know. Um. I. You know, I, my I
0: tell you my problem with Bernie is that I campaigned for McGovern in '72. And I saw, I was a kid, okay? And I was, I, wasn't even, I, was one, I was only 17. I campaigned for McGovern. And when McGovern lost so badly, that's when the 70s, that's when the 60s ended, was when McGovern lost so badly. Because that's when this whole youth culture that thought it was taking over found out, oh, we ain't taking over, you know? And it, it was a real wake-up call. And to me, Bernie Sanders is now a new version of George McGovern. The better man, the more ethical man, the more moral man, the man that everybody says they want to be president
1: ain't gonna win, yeah, but it's not again, I'm I don't look at it like I I want to be right, you know. I'm not I'm not voting yeah. so I can say I voted for the right person. Yeah. And, you know, again, I'm more of an issues guy. Um I think I fall more into a libertarian narrative. Yeah. If if there is if there is one, um but as far as I think gay marriage should have been legal, I think pot should be legal, I think nobody should mess with the second amendment. I think, you know, I I get I, I'm a pure constitutionalist. And I'm also forgetting corporate money out of politics, limiting terms in Congress. That's where the real power is. Sure. You know, Um, and, uh, you know, bringing the states back, bringing more power to the states
0: when it comes to the Constitution, would you consider yourself an originalist or someone who believes that it's a living, breathing docu- document that grows um, and no, expands? No, it's it's
1: it's a li- it's a living, breathing document that grows and expands. But when you look at the basics of it, I, I don't think there should be. Look, I don't think you should ban any any type of words. I think religion is an extremely uh, good thing. You know, for people to believe in, but it should not interfere with policymaking as far as, which it is. I mean, let's be honest, separation of church and state is not in the Constitution at all. It just don't establish a religion. Um, I'm I'm not anti-religion, but at the same time, you know, you got to keep your beliefs to yourself. Yeah, look, I just think that we're, we're out of control. I think there's so much division right now. There is. and And a lot of it is not even understanding what the document is. To answer your question, yes, it's a breathing, living document. Okay. Um that but at the same time, the basics are there. Uh gun control, uh, there there's already laws on the they're not enforced. You know, but what do you I mean, taking making a clip ten rounds as opposed to seventeen, what what's the difference? What's the di- now just, if you're the fifteenth person? I yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> you're the eleventh. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you still got one in the chair. Yeah. No, maybe the twelfth. <laughs> Um, I, again, I just think it's all—it's all smoke and mirrors. I, I think that if the, if you're focusing on the real problems, the fact that Washington is gouging us, that that our tax dollars aren't even accounted for anymore, the fact that we spent three trillion dollars, I think, since the '60s to end poverty in America, and nobody knows where the money went. You you could use but, one trillion to end world poverty hold, today. Hold nobody knows where 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 is this money going? A lot of
0: money was spent, but you know what? And, and this will be controversial to my
1: liberal friends. Poverty has basically been eliminated in America. Yes, uh, and I agree that the, our definition Hunger. of poverty is not world the, the in comparison. But the reality is, is that you know again, uh, we still have problems. Like there's still these there's programs. Be problems. But I'm saying there's still these programs that none of this money is accounted for. But I agree with you. It's we don't yeah. have real poverty. We
0: don't. We don't. We don't. We have, have a, a
1: lot of options yeah. here.
0: We, we don't have the poverty that uh, uh, my parents and my, I was. My parents were really young when I was born. So and they were all storytellers and drinkers. So I would hear these stories of even into the fifties. And I, when I think about what was a normal middle class life for my parents, we say the middle class is disappearing, but I live in a big house in a suburb. It's on the outskirts. My father lived in, for a long time in, in my family. It was a family of five in a three room apartment in the inner city, mm-hmm. but they were happy.
1: So, <laughs> and they walked to school twenty blocks in the snow.
0: Do you remember Rich? Did you ever hear Rich Jenny do his bit about? Yeah. His, and they were happy. And they were. We happy. had no hands, but we were happy. <laughs> well, I tell you, one of the things I love about stand-up and one of the things I love about uh, one of the reasons that we continue doing this show is that I have an opportunity to talk with people like you, where not only do we agree on things with the divergent, but you're goddamn funny. And, and on funny. the
1: flip side, I'll tell you this about Hillary: you got to respect her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's. That's, that's the other thing I don't get. You Just because you don't agree with somebody. Yeah. Or, you know, I'm not mad at her yeah. for playing this game. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? She should be respected. But I think it's antiquated. And again, for the party that calls himself diverse, you have two old white people running. If you look at the Republican Party, they're younger, way more diverse right now. Yeah, You know? Um, and I think, in my opinion, I think, This third party, I think that that's what we're going to get out of this election. It may not be this one, but people are going to start to, you know, go towards the middle, so to speak. Well, the Republican Party in 1860
0: was actually became was a third party because the Whigs had split. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it was. And and, and
1: I'm seeing and I I believe, you know, that trend might be happening. I hope it is. I hope people start. You know, it's crazy with the Internet because now everybody thinks they know each other. Yeah. And that they can just pop off at the. I mean, there's so much name calling, no problem solving, no pragmat no pragmatic solutions. No, uh, party loyalty, which I think is absurd, you know. And uh, and by the way, if you, if you vote for Trump, you're a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a go- This is a joke. Did you watch Sarah Palin's? Uh, uh, I mean, really. I mean, really. What is going on? This is insane. It's insane. And the other thing is, again, I. Hollywood loved Trump when he when he wasn't running for and that's the other thing too that you got to get these Democrats They always act like that. They're the victims of slander, but you take a guy like Ben Carson Okay, who I also like Uh now again I don't know if I'd vote for him, but as a person I read his book amazing story Hollywood made a movie about him. He used to speak at the NAACP meeting, you know He spoke at the Obama breakfast, but once they found out he didn't fall in line with the narrative now they go to destroy the guy's character. He's a crazy person. He's a religious fanatic. Let's take sound bites. But if you ever read his book, and if you ever know about the guy, I mean, how do you not respect that person?
0: Let me ask you this: Then uh, 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 Ben Carson, uh, um, uh, Judge Thomas, and the uh, Supreme Clarence Court, Clarence Thomas, yeah. Clarence Thomas. These are these are men who benefited. They benefited. It, like I benefited from a lot of programs. Look, I think if, if, if but
1: so you got to remember too the old school. The old school. Uh, uh, black people in 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 the black community in essence is really conservative very conservative yes very conservative and when you look at the lbj programs is really when the democrats try to step up but like jim webb said the affirmative action program was never about ethnicity it was about financial like like if you're a poor he said affirmative action what about poor white people where why where are they included why why are they left out you follow me? Well, yeah. But, but it used to be about economics. So in 1965,
0: uh-huh. I lived in the inner city of North St. Louis with my family. And in, around the Voting Rights Act, Fair Housing Act, all those yeah. acts were passed. And I was 10.
1: But the Democrats opposed that.
0: No, well, hold on. The hold
1: Dixiecrats on. were, the Democratic Party at that era, Kennedy was a radical.
0: Kennedy Kenny was a radical Johnson was a radical but if you really if you really follow a timeline because this is one of the things that upsets me when people go well it was Democrats that did this the Democratic Party was two parties uh, for most of the 1800s and most of the 20th century where it was northern liberals and southern right and then in 1948 when Harry Truman allowed the civil rights plank to be put into the the Democratic platform Strom Thurmond walked out and formed the
1: Dixiecrats. right?
0: And there was a timeline over about 20 years as all of the. Jesse
1: Helms was another one, right? Jesse
0: Helms, he was a little bit later. He was a little it bit after, later on? Yeah, a little bit after Strom.
1: That was North Carolina, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, there was a timeline of Southern Democrats joining the Republican Party. Right. Because the Democratic Party had started going, hey, this is who we are. This is who it would be. And finally, sort of culminating with, with McGovern. McGovern. George McGovern. Yeah, being yeah. the epitome of what. The Democratic Party wanted it to be wanted to be or what those of us that were young Democrats wanted it to be, that this was the party of truly of civil rights, of being on the right side of
1: history. You know, so when people say, well, it was the Democrats that did this. But see, no, again, which is a fine argument. But now what you hear is the Republicans did this and this, not even acknowledging like you take the black Republican movement. Now, again, I have when I tell you I have no party affiliation, I left the Democratic Party. Uh That was my whole life. I was a lifelong Democrat. I'm registered as an independent. Okay. okay? But what I don't like that comes from the liberal narrative is whenever you disagree with them, they move the goalposts. So in other words, if you have a huge black constituency that are now Republican, their Uncle Toms are sellouts. No, no, has nothing to do with the ideology of, of that, or even... Say if somebody's voting for Trump, you're a racist. You, you know what I yeah. mean? It doesn't mean- Well, that, we, don't, we don't call Rob a racist and he's a Trump supporter from Vermont. But but I'm saying yeah. that's what happens. Yeah. It, that's that's what the other side does.
0: Yeah, well, you mean it, then again- Because the
1: black Republican movement's a strong movement, especially in North Carolina. There's a bunch. Yeah. But they're all looked at as sellouts when they're like, no, 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 wait a minute. It has nothing to do with that. Now, if if, we're, if you're gonna say, because your original statement was, how how don't they vote Democrat when they benefited from those part from those mm-hmm. programs? Well, a lot of them were Republican programs as well. So it, I think we're past well, that point. Let's call them liberal programs, okay? Because what, what Johnson did was
0: absolutely was was, absolutely. The, was the final phase of the of the New Deal.
1: See, li- liberalism is a good thing. Progressivism is a whole other argument. And, and I think that's where it's starting to branch well, off. Well, real, real liberals yeah. are not going to ban Halloween costumes. Yeah. You follow yeah, me? Yeah. Those are not liberals. Right. Real liberals yeah. are accepting to other people's religious views yeah. and don't want to silence any group of people because you don't agree with them. That's what you're seeing a lot now with the new progressive, which is scaring me. And as a comic... You feel it more. Yeah, absolutely. You feel it more. Like, I've been in it 18, 19 years. I was on the tail end of the religious right. And they're nowhere near as tyrannical as the progressive left in what they want you to say and do and what could be misconstrued as misogyny or, you know. And they're using terms like white privilege and patriarchy, all these— and by the way, these are new phenomenon. So to, I think it was in the mid 90s that this was really yeah. starting to come into play. That's being advocated in universities when, you know, if somebody's telling their story and what has happened to them, these people really want to c- yeah. censor that. Yeah. And that's scary to me. And, and anybody who's a comic will tell you most of the pressure comes from the new progressive. So with your argument with the Democrats and the way the party changed I think the Republicans are starting to change. I think those old school regime guys are all dead. You see a lot of younger. You have two Latinos, a black man. All right. I think they have uh, 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 gay, gays were are representing now, the Republican Party, the younger ones, that it's more about the let's get away from the victimization complex mm-hmm. and let's start moving forward. And it's basically about the way we spend money. Um, you know uh, protecting the borders I think that's a huge issue if you're if you're going to speak out on illegal immigration don't say I, I, i'm a xenophobe mm-hmm. it's that's ridiculous my, my you know it's a, it's a problem and we can't solve problems because of this two-party bickering but I see it I, I don't see anybody just talking about a pragmatic solution or when you do automatically being labeled and what? it's disgusting and it's what's driving this country apart not only would I not call you xenophobe, I also wouldn't call you jingoistic. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, look at these two aristocrats.
0: <laughs> you know, I hate to say this, man, uh, uh, but you got to go or you'll be here all day and then you'll be worn out of the show. Actually, uh, oh, yeah. I, my, my, our show my ended dr- five minutes ago. Oh, good. But uh, we held you over because uh, um, this is what I love about... Uh, vote independent
1: uh, or vote for go. Bernie.
0: Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's what makes the country great. Rob, the intern, is from Vermont. He's from Bernie's hometown, where Bernie lives, and he's a, he's a Trump guy. So, and we can all sit in the same room and, and live through you keep you told me that the other day. I'm not letting it go. <laughs> I'm gonna drive you. to— Listen, the-
1: he's of the reality reality show generation, so he, <laughs> he views him as a reality star. Uh,
0: we got to mention that we're, we're very happy for uh, Rob, the intern, just booked his. Uh, is it your first commercial? Yes. Yeah, you're playing a, playing a baseball player for what team? The Oakland A's. For the Oakland A's, so we'll be able to see Rob Good on TV. You, man. for yeah. man. What, what's, yeah. what, what's it for, yeah. Oakland? Or? Uh, I think it's for spring training. Oh, nice. For spring, spring training, day. yeah. Yeah. Brett, will you come back, please? Absolutely. Please come back in, man. We, I'll we, have to
1: we, come on my go. own. She's never coming back. No. in. <laughs> too much politic talk in the last two days <laughs> I, Sweet, I told you this is what comics do yeah this is
0: what we do if yeah. you could
1: sit in the back of the comedy store and this is what you're gonna hear uh, for four hours yeah. it's cause we're insane
0: yet somebody <laughs> will <laughs> yet someone will yeah. still go on stage and tell an airline joke
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> by the way my act nothing to do with politics <laughs> All
0: right. Brett Ernst ladies and gentlemen he is at Rick Bronson's House of Comedy 5350 East High Street He's there for two shows tonight, two shows tomorrow, one show Sunday. You can find out all about it by going to HouseOfComedy.net or going to our websites, ComedySchools.com and ComedySchoolsRadio.com. What else am I supposed to... end? Uh, oh, we want to mention your podcast, okay? You have your own podcast, and it's... Uh, it's uh, called
1: You're On The List. Um, you can subscribe from my website. It's Brett b r e t e r n s t B-R-E-T-E-R-N-S-T.com. All my links are there for Twitter and all that stuff. And okay. If you're in L.A., February six, you can come to the come, you can come to the taping.
0: Oh, I would love to do that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna post all your stuff on our stuff so people can get access to you. Cool. Thank you so much for coming nah, in. Nah, dude, this
1: was okay. fun, man. This was actually best time I've had. Oh,
0: glad to hear. Thanks, Fantastic. Man. Uh, we will be back with you tonight when we are live from the Tempe Center for the Arts. Uh, for uh, Rob, the intern; Shirley, the producer. I'm Tony Visick. We to thank John Caponera and uh, what was the guy? He was. Um, uh, it was Jason. 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 What? Lawman. Jason Lawman. We're going to screw it up, but he came in with you. And, Brett, for coming in today, we will talk to you later on tonight. Bye-bye.